Amen. Well, you may be seated. Let's open our Bibles this morning to John chapter 14. Are you ready to receive the Word of God? Amen. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. We're going to talk a little bit about the person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you, and then the Holy Spirit upon you. The Holy Spirit in you will get you through. He will help you. He will get you through. And the Holy Spirit upon you will help you get other people through. Amen? So, Father, we just look to you right now in the name of Jesus. Speak to us through the book and by your Spirit. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives and in your church. And we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Now notice this in John chapter 14, verse 16. This is Jesus speaking. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Now notice that word, another comforter. Literally what that means, one just like me, who will take my place when I ascend to the Father, And he will be to you what I have been to you while I walked on this earth. You are not going to be left comfortless. You are not going to be left alone. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And I will send him to you. Thank God for the comforter. John 14 and verse 16 in the Amplified. It says, and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another comforter. And then he goes to define what this comforter is. Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. So Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Guest, if you will, as helper and comforter. He didn't say anything about him being weird or mystical or ghostly or strange. How many of you know the Holy Spirit is not weird and he doesn't make people weird? The first love gift that Jesus gave to us was eternal life. The second love gift is this precious Holy Spirit to remain in you to be upon you, and to enable you to be a blessing to the world around you. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove, baptizes with fire, comforts, teaches, reminds, guides, corrects, convicts, helps, and He strengthens us. He is incredible, and He is awesome, and He is the third person of the Godhead. He is not a it. He is a divine personality sent from the throne of heaven to be a blessing unto your life. So in essence, whatever you need, comfort, counsel, help, intercession, advocate, strengthener, He is there for you. Now the word comforter in the Greek is paraklesis, paracletus. And para in the Greek is a prefix and it means to be alongside or to be beside. So a paramedic, for example, is one who then comes alongside to help with something medical. 
A paralegal is one who assists a lawyer with legal matters. Now, out of the word parakletos, we get the word ecclesia, which means the called out ones or literally the church. You are part of the church. You are part of the ecclesia. So the paraclete is one who has been called alongside to help you who are called out the body of Christ. His main work in ministry is to help you personally and individually on a daily basis. Say it with me. He is my heavenly helper. That means he gives you aid. He gives you assistance. He will serve. He will further and uh, the advancement of. He is one that has been employed to help you. Amen. Amen. So if you need some counsel, he is your counselor. If you need some guidance, he's your guide. If you need some revelation, he is the spirit of revelation who will enlighten the eyes of your heart. And he will show you great nuggets in the word of God. Amen. Amen. The Bible says if you need wisdom, that wisdom in the heart of man is like deep water. And a man of understanding will be able to draw it out. I want to lead you just in a brief confession today. Declare this with me. The spirit of truth lives in me. And he teaches me all things. He guides me into all the truth. I have perfect knowledge of every circumstance and opportunity that comes before me. I do follow the good shepherd, for I know his voice, and I will not follow a stranger. How many of you remember Mark Hankins? We call him Ha Ha Hankins. And he's known for going around the land and he's in Hong Kong right now and going to the Philippines. He's known for having a ministry of the spirit of faith and the joy of the Lord. But his daddy pastored down in Texas for many years. He was about Dad Hagen's age. And so Dad Hagen would go and minister in his Assembly of God church probably every year or every other year. But here's what Mark Hankins' dad said about the Holy Spirit. B.B. Hankins said this. He said, the Holy Ghost is a genius, and if you will listen to him, he will make you look smart. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark says in one of his books, he says, when the enemy has a scheme or strategy to come against you or your family, the Holy Spirit will warn you. He's a genius. He knows what the devil has planned. But the Holy Spirit, he says, also knows what God has planned for you. He's concerned with every area of your life. And if you will listen to him, he will make you successful. Mark goes on to say, since he is a genius, he knows everything. He knows the mind of God and everything that Jesus has purchased for us. Isn't it great to have a genius living on the inside of you? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, he will help you in every area of your life. He will, ho- he will help you to know who to marry, where to work, even what kind of bar- car to buy. He will help you to buy a house. Amen. He will lead you and guide you on what to do with your money and what not to do with your money. 
Say it with me. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is, a is a genius. And he's living in me. That's awesome. He is also an intercessor. Amen. He is one who intervenes on your behalf with supernatural divine intervention. He is also a strengthener. When you need strength, he says, I'm your strengthener. Paul prayed that we could be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit in the inner man. When you need healing, he's your quickener. In Romans 8, 11, he says, The Spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Him that raised Christ from the dead, he will quicken your mortal body by his Spirit that lives in you. If you, never, if you ever need an attorney, he's your advocate. He is the one that pleads the cause of another before a tribunal or a judicial court. As our advocate, he is one that defends or maintains a cause or proposal. He is the one who supports and promotes the interest of another. Interests of another. But not only is he our strengthener, our comforter, our counselor, our advocate, and our intercessor, but he is also our standby. I said he's our standby. What does that mean? Standby means he's your anchor, he's your mainstay, he's your pillar. The definition of standby is this. One to be relied on, especially in emergencies. He will bring his power and set you forth into another gear if necessary. Standby means he is a favorite or reliable choice or resource, one that is called and reserved, ready for use, ready or available for immediate action. Hallelujah. Have you ever needed some supernatural standby help? Well, the Holy Ghost is standing by, standing by with strength, standing by with wisdom, standing by, glory to God, to give you the ability, amen, to make it on through whatever you may be going through. Hallelujah. And here's what Jesus said in John 16, 7. He said this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the third person of the Godhead. Thank God for the Spirit of God who has placed you and I at a great advantage in life. Oh, my, 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 my. Oh, the advantages of having him on the inside of you. Oh, the advantages of having inside information. Oh, the advantage of having an inside compass to lead you and to guide you every day of your life. Oh, the advantage for the ability to be led by the Spirit of the living God. Oh, glory to God. Wall Street doesn't have it. Great, big, huge corporations that may be billion-dollar corporations, they don't have what you have on the inside of us. The world does not have the advantage that you and I have. 
So we should never carry ourselves as if we are beneath. We should never carry ourselves as if, as if we are at a disadvantage. Well, you know, Pastor, I grew up here and I grew up there. And my education is not what it should be. But, oh, thank God, if you'll get born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you'll go into the school of the Holy Spirit, He will teach you. He will guide you. He will make you a genius. Hallelujah. And he will make you rich if you learn to follow him. Hallelujah. The spirit of him. Hallelujah. The spirit himself will bear witness with your spirit. Hallelujah. I don't know whether it's registered on us or not. Oh, thank God for the advantage of having him in our life. Thank you, Lord. Can you think of a time where he's helped you? Can you think of a circumstances, circumstance right now that you need his help? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So then, don't ignore him. Don't uh, set aside his cues. Don't set aside his thoughts that he's bringing to your heart. You know, the Holy Ghost in old English manuscripts was literally called holy guest as a guest in your home you want to treat your guest with great honor with great preference and you want to put your guest first is that right and so as this holy guest this holy ghost this holy spirit comes into your life we should honor him we should prefer him we should listen to him and not ignore him Well, as was said a little bit earlier, today is Pentecost Sunday. And so there are four things that can happen in our lives. Number one, we can be spirit-born. How many of you are spirit-born? Number two, we can be spirit-filled. Number three, we can be spirit-led. And number four, we can be spirit-formed. That means this, that his life and his character... And his nature can be found in our life. And so what is Pentecost Sunday all about? What is the big deal of Pentecost Sunday? Well, Pentecost was basically the 50th day after Passover. When the Holy Spirit descended and the church was birthed. Pentecost relates to the Old Testament Feast of Weeks. And in the Feast of Weeks, it was a religious holiday that occurred at the beginning of wheat harvest. And it was a display of thanksgiving to the Lord for all that he had provided for them. It was a time of joyful thanksgiving for the harvest and heart response to God. And so at the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, the Israelites would bring a grain offering to the Lord... And they would wave two loaves of leavened bread unto the Lord. This holiday was just a foreshadowing of the great spiritual ingathering that would occur after the dramatic outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the church. John Osteen says the Holy Ghost came as a rushing mighty wind because he was in a hurry to come and take charge of the church. 
Oh, you think about all the people that have been saved since the day of Pentecost. I mean, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was so anointed by the Holy Ghost and power that 3,000 souls were born again. That's an awesome thing. You think about all the healings and all the miracles and all of the people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit since the day of Pentecost. Folks, this is something that is big. This is something that is huge. This is something that should be celebrated. This is something that we should be stirred up about and excited about. Glory to God. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. And today can be your Pentecost Sunday. Today, you know, if your oil has leaked a little bit, glory to God, you can be anointed with fresh oil. If you've not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with the same Holy Ghost that came upon the church in the upper room. And you can go leave this place walking and leaping and speaking in tongues and thanking God for His goodness. Amen? Now, Scripture teaches three baptisms. Number one, there is baptism into the body of of Christ. This type of baptism is through faith when you become a Christian. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and in verse 13 it says, "For by one spirit we have all been baptized into one body." Amen. Galatians said it this way, "For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus." For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so when you're born again, he immersed you into the body of Christ. Amen. Say it with me. I'm born of God and I've been baptized into the body of Christ. Now the second baptism in scripture is baptism in water. We're going to be doing a water baptism on next Wednesday night. If you have not yet been water baptized, get signed up. Well, somebody says, well, what's the importance of water baptism? Now, water baptism is separate from salvation. And in water baptism, this is what you're doing. You're making a statement that you choose to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, don't Misunderstand me. Water baptism does not save you. What it does, it declares that you are saved. One person said it like this. That water baptism is the wedding band of Christianity. It's the wedding band of Christianity. It's an outward declaration of an inward grace that has already taken place. Amen? So if you've not yet been water baptized, oh, hallelujah, come on Sunday night and we'll rejoice. And we will baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And then the third baptism that we're going to center in on just a little while this morning is this baptism with the Holy Ghost. Say it with me, the baptism baptism. of the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 8, Jesus said, or that John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with what? He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. So Jesus then is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Jesus, John said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Brenda's going to talk a little bit about Holy Ghost and fire tonight. We're going to have an impartation service. 
But now notice this with me again in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Let's feed on this for a few moments this morning. Acts the first chapter and verse 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Now, this is a huge verse of scripture. Remember he told them to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they would be what? Until they would be endued with power. And the power was from on high. It didn't come from the devil. It came from on high. Now notice he says, but you shall receive what? That word power there is dunamis. We get our English word dynamite from the Greek word dunamis. So he's saying, dear friends, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, if you will open your heart, you will receive dynamite power for your life. Dynamite power. Power for what, Pastor? Well, go on. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. So this power, one of the aspects of this power, is for you to be a bright witness for Jesus. And unto me in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. And so this power is available for us to give witness to that fact that Jesus is alive. You know, when people get healed by the power of God, they know that Jesus is alive. When you operate in the power of God in your life, which enables you not only to be a witness, but the power of God in your life will enable you to live a victorious life. I've seen people, once they've been filled with the Holy Ghost and received the power of God, the things that they struggled with, the addictions that were on them for so many years just fell off of their lives. And as we sang earlier, Holy Ghost freedom came into their lives. So there is power available to be a witness. There's power available to live an overcoming life. There's power available for you to shut the door on all of the temptations of the evil one. I can remember when I got baptized with the Holy Ghost by Jesus at a very young age. Even though I was born again, there were still some things in my life that weren't quite right. But oh, when the Holy Ghost came upon me, when Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost, amen, things began to change in my life. He turned Peter into another man, and he can turn you into another man. He turned Peter from a denier to a prophesier, and he can turn your life completely around and give you an enablement and endowment from on high. I mean, there ain't nothing better than going through life with an endowment of God's clothes on your life. Hallelujah. He said, you shall receive power. Amen. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Don't make the infilling and the baptism in the Holy Spirit only about speaking in other tongues. We should not do that. The initial evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But it is not the only purpose 
for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I can remember T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne's relatives grew up near Pawnee, Oklahoma. Brenda knows their relatives. T.L. Osborne was a man of God that shook nations with the good news of Jesus Christ. Teal Osborne was a Pentecostal. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he would get up in front of thousands of people in Africa in his crusades. And he would preach a simple message that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus heals, that Jesus fills, and that Jesus enables you to live an overcoming life. And people would be saved by the thousands. And people would be filled with the Spirit by the thousands. And healed by the thousands thousands but he wrote a book years ago called the purpose of pentecost and his main theme throughout the book of the purpose of pentecost was not so much for glossolalia which is a fancy word for speaking in tongues but it was for power to be a witness it was for power to let this world know that jesus died that jesus rose and that jesus is seated at the right hand of the father that he is their mediator he is their intercessor he is their advocate hallelujah he is the lord jesus shepherd of the church and he is alive and he's the same yesterday today and forever That's what the Bay Area needs to know. They need to know that Jesus is alive. They need to know that there is hope in Christ. This Bay Area does not need some sort of a religious putting Jesus in the back room with the Holy Ghost. Jesus needs to be on Main Street. The Holy Ghost needs to be preached. The fire needs to fall so that people's lives can be changed by God's power. Come on, somebody. Shout yes. Somebody say amen. And so in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, let's track this through today. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Everyone say fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to play tiddlywinks. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them the ability, as the Holy Ghost enabled them and gave them the utterance. And so Pentecost was heaven's inauguration ceremony for the church complete with rushing wind and flames of fire and astounding displays of glossolalia. Hallelujah. In a moment, men and women were gathered in the upper room where they were visibly endued with supernatural power. And here's what Jesus says to us. Here's what Jesus invites us to. In John He says, if any of you is thirsty. He didn't say, let him come unto me and reason and think. But Jesus said, if anyone is really thirsty. If you're really thirsty for a move of God in your life. And you're thirsty for a move of God in your children's life. If you're thirsty and you're hungry for a move of God in the Bay Area. Let him come unto me. And drink. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let them come unto me and drink until they get filled to overflow. 
I'm telling you, Jesus is excessive when it comes to pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. Now notice, he that believeth on me. We got any believers in the house today? As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow religious tradition. No, thank God, out of our belly is going to flow rivers of living water. We've got a river of life in us in this place. We've got a river of life flowing through us here at Heart of the Bay. Amen? Amen. What was he talking about? Well, verse 39 tells us what he was talking about. It says, but this spake he of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Now, there's a very important point. If you are a believer, you have the Holy Spirit in you, but you should receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which will come upon you. Amen? For the Holy Ghost was not given yet, but Je- for, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So this water, this river of living water, refers to the Spirit upon us, and this river generates power for service. Everyone say power, power. For, service. for service. Now here's what R.A. Torrey said about this infilling of the Holy Spirit. R.A. Torrey helped D.L. Moody found his Bible college. And he taught that the baptism in the Holy Spirit was a unique experience subsequent to conversion or after one is born again. I love this statement. He said in regeneration or in the new birth, There's an impartation of life. And the one who receives it is saved. But in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, there is an impartation of power. And the one who receives it is fitted for service. And so this precious gift, this glorious baptism in the Holy Spirit, is available to all believers since the day of Pentecost. And so when you ask the Father in the name of Jesus to fill you with the Holy Ghost, what you're saying is, I want what they had. Because I want to do what they were able to do. Hallelujah. Amen. And here's the neat thing about it. You don't have to beg to receive. The other thing is this. You don't have to tarry to receive. The tarrying has already been done. You know, there's some error here and there in the body of Christ. Well, you just got to tarry, brother. You just got to wait. No, the tarrying took place in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Amen? The tarrying, the waiting is over. Now, all we must do is open our heart and receive. Amen? And act on this gift that has been so freely given to us. Now, many people think, well, man, if I open up my heart, am I going to get some sort of a weird thing? No. In Luke, it says... If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? The answer is no. If he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Of course, the answer is no. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. And he says, if you then be natural, know how to give good gifts unto your kids, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? And so when we ask him, believing, we shall receive. We shall not receive a substitute for the Holy Spirit. We shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Everyone say receiving Receiving. 
the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the question is asked, well, is the baptism of the Spirit for believers in our time? Well, Peter said like this. He said, this promise is unto you and to your children and unto all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. So this infilling of the Holy Spirit is not for an elite few. This infilling of the Holy Spirit is for you. This baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you, and it is for me. Listen to this statement. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for all alike. Jews and Gentiles, bond and free, men and women, people of all colors and races, of all creeds and denominations. It's for Jews, it's for Protestants, it's for Catholics. It's for all that will open up their heart to him. Oh, hallelujah. Little children, five and six years old, have been marvelously baptized in the Holy Spirit. I can remember when we were in uh, Bias City in the Philippines in the 80s. We had teaching for the pastors in the morning. We brought trunk loads of Brother Hagin's books and delivered them to those precious pastors over in the Philippines. And then we had nighttime crusades where we were preaching just like... T.L. Osborne preached, and we saw wonderful things happen. But then during the day, Mike and Sue Bryan, who were our children's pastors at that time, were conducting a children's crusade. And it was at the same place where the nighttime crusade was taking place. But during that children's crusade, they taught about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And I will never, ever forget it. When the Holy Spirit came upon those little children, they fell under the power of God. With hands raised to the air, little children began to speak in tongues and to magnify God. I'll never, ever forget that experience. Our children in children's church are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Our youth are being filled with the Holy Ghost. Our adults of all ages are being filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, there is a fresh fire. There is a fresh air. There is a refreshing coming from the throne of grace. Hallelujah. Even today, even right now. Hallelujah. So he says, well, okay, great, wonderful. I'm satisfied with the Holy Spirit in me. But, Pastor, why should I be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, Paul addressed this in, in Ephesians. He said this. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he goes on to say what his will is for all of us. He says, do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but rather be what? Be filled with the Spirit. And so, in a sense, are we not commanded to be filled with the Spirit? And so I don't think that we should view this precious gift, this infilling of the Holy Spirit, as optional. I believe that we should enter in and say, Lord, I'm ready to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you'll find time and time again, and we don't have time to look at it this morning, but you'll find in Acts chapter 8 in Samaria, when they received the word, that they went down to send apostles to them, to lay hands on them, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And without fail in the book of Acts, you will see once they received this precious gift, they spoke in their heavenly language. Paul, going up to the coast of, of Ephesus, came to certain disciples and he found them. They were born again, all right. But you know, everyone that's born again should receive the infilling. Now, you can go to heaven without being filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not saying that. Somebody said, do I have to be filled with the Holy Ghost? No, thank God you get to. And here's the question that Paul had for him. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, well, you know, we have not even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then he instructed them for a while and he prayed for them. And all of them received the Holy Ghost with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues. Did you know that Paul at one time was Saul of Tarsus? He went about persecuting the church. He went about killing the Jews. He was anti-Christ. But oh, on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with the Christ. And the Christ came into his life. And Paul, hallelujah, was sitting in a home. And someone came along and prayed for Paul. And he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what? The Apostle Paul him said, he says, I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. And so speaking in tongues is not some sort of mystical, weird experience. You know, when we pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, we just tell them to relax. Tell them to relax. And we just instruct them and say, look, when we lay our hands upon you to be filled with the Holy Spirit after prayer, we just want you to just breathe in as a point of contact and in your heart, say, I receive the Holy Ghost. And here's what you can expect. When you pray in faith and you receive by faith, you can expect the Holy Spirit to enable you and to help you speak in a heavenly language. Now, he's not going to come upon you and overtake your vocal cords, but he's going to move upon you. He's going to move in you. He's going to move upon your vocal cords. And so as an act of faith then... As you raise your hands up and praise God, you'll be able to speak out of your heart this wonderful, glorious, heavenly language, and you'll be endued with power from on high.